0: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Foundation by Story Archives. I am your host, Mario Busto, by myself yeah. once Hello. again. for... Oh, what? Hey. Zach?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's me. What's <laughs> up?
0: <laughs> ladies and gents, we are actually back fully, 100% here. My co host, Zach Renewton, is back. His child has been born yeah zach how is your first week of fatherhood
1: my friend it's great i love it it's not as bad as people make it sound it's like you know we got our routine down at night pretty good we got the cries down we're good
0: knowing you i knew you'd have this thing down to a system by the end of week one so
1: yeah uh she's just like crying for like two seconds we're like i know what that is <laughs> we'll
0: be we'll be giving out zach's uh pdf uh, maybe that'll be the first newsletter zach's fatherhood survival guide uh Perfect. Coming soon to the network. Well, we're back here with season two, episode ten, titled "Creation Myths." And Zach, the people have been clamoring. The audience out there has been asking, "Are you guys gonna do a deep dive? You're gonna do a deep dive? You're gonna do a deep dive?" I said, "I didn't think it felt right. I know I did the instant reaction by myself, mm-hmm. but it didn't feel right to just do the deep dive by myself on this one." So,
1: yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad we're doing it now because I will say this is. This is my favorite episode of season one and two, and in true Zach fashion, I I listened to one of your uh, one of your solo episodes recently. Yeah, this is better than the last one, which I was I was really surprised about. I, I was a little concerned about how they were gonna top the last one, but man, yes, I just there's something about seeing Day get his hands dirty that just like it, as as long as it happens in an episode, I love it. So
0: you so you were a fan. Are you positive reception to the entire episode? Any any
1: complaints? Uh, well I have one complaint. There's one thing that I did not like about this, and it's not just isolated to foundation. I I feel like I see this, you know, increasingly in, in more and more shows and or movies. And it's this whole uh, I call it the the Rey from Star Wars situation, where you just have this mm. newbie that just comes into you know touch with these powers that she didn't really know about or have a, a grasp oh, on, yeah. and just it's yeah. Im- she's immediately more powerful than somebody that's been training and and honing these skills for hundreds of years, consuming other people's bodies, and she's just instantly all powerful. And that's the one gripe that I I have about this episode. I, I didn't love that. But once I get past that, which I got past it pretty quickly, um, I loved it. I think the whole episode was great.
0: I hear that. It's kind of like the whole prodigy thing, like, you know, Luke Skywalker, you know. Mm-hmm. Like how is Gail <clears throat> outmaneuvering somebody like Tellum, who has probably seven, eight, maybe ten generations worth of experience over her? Yeah. In this scenario. I mean, we got even a moment where Tellum you know how Gail Essentially, tells tell him that she she felt Harry drowning in the water, something like that, mm-hmm. right? I just feel like, like here here's here's twofold, right? Because to that point, maybe she was able to get a grasp because it explains her behavior with Salvor of why she was acting so weird towards Salvor in the last two or three episodes, right? Yeah. However, at the end, when little Josiah picks up the gun and is standing in front of her, you would think with somebody with such a grasp on her powers could have just force pushed. Josiah, a, a, to another the floor.
1: another great point it, it was just like she just stood there like a deer in the headlights
0: yeah but then again it goes to the point we're talking about tell him was the one who was possessing Josiah so if tell him was able to do that from beyond the grave it's kind of hard to believe that Gail in such a short period of time could outmaneuver her yeah. to such a degree where I mean because it was an elaborate plan it was hey I have to hide this one detail in my mind from this woman Okay, because we know Talam has a grasp that Gale was trying to hide something, right? Mm-hmm. Then you have to change the guard's mind. You have to have like a perpetual distortion at all times in this pool that it looks like Harry's body, right? Yeah. Then Harry has to trek like, Harry does at least like a marathon's worth of walking back to the <laughs> ship after being nearly dead. Yep. And um, hide him in the ship. So- you know, I'm glad he's not dead, don't get me wrong, because it would have been yeah. ridiculous to resurrect him, like, to kill him, then resurrect him, and then kill him within an episode or two. 100%. But, you know, I think we all knew that he was alive. It wasn't there's a surprise no way. to see him alive. Yeah,
1: there's yeah. no way he could have actually been dead and stayed dead. There's just no way. I wasn't quite sure how they were going to bring him back, Um, but, you know, with that, what it what felt uh, when I think back on the episode, what felt like about 10 minutes worth of explaining how this whole plan <laughs> happened. Um, it was. It, I'm, I'm okay with it. It was good. I'll say,
0: although I was expecting some death in this episode, I wasn't expecting the amount of death that we had, specifically the most shocking, and maybe you'll agree or disagree with me. Salvor dying was an absolute shocker for me. I mean, I yeah. think... Uh, I just couldn't see that occurring. And it almost makes me wonder like, <laughs> this poor this poor girl traveled into the future like 130 something years only to die. You know, like I yeah. have to die. I have to die. Like, all right, mom, don't you know what this means? <laughs> it it means we're not stuck, we're not prisoners, you know okay it means that the bad stuff can happen sooner than later you know like
1: (laughs) well even even harry says like there's there's what an infinite you know amount of ways to get to the same like result or something like that right yeah like the result was she dies right Mm -hmm. could the result be that gail also dies it may not be from the mule but i mean she's gonna die at some point so
0: yeah, yeah. Well, I think before we get into the full-on recap here of the episode, we got a couple of things coming to you. We're settling our... We had some wagers, right? We have some wagers we need to settle tonight? We do, yes. Okay, we got some wagers that we're going to settle at the end of the episode. That's our tradition on every show that we give this, uh, like a full episodic story archives treatment to. And then I want to also do some little housekeeping. We uh, Now foundation's over. I know everyone's crying at home or in your in your transit to work. But we got another show for you in the midweek, and it's called Invasion. It's about an alien invasion. I will say this. Give it a shot with us. At the very least, enjoy our ride and the commentary with it. Season two is in a tricky place right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're if you're live with us, I haven't been that big of a fan of season two so far. This is horrible marketing for season two, but if you want to enjoy our commentary as we, as we discuss some of the things occurring in there, um, you'll at the very least get that because I think... Zach, the one thing that we have as a channel here is that we're honest. Yeah. We're fans of these shows. It's the reason we cover them. And if we don't like something, we say it. We're not going to be shills for, you know, for a cause that, you know, at the end of the day, we want to see the best that it could possibly be. Yep. Sometimes we'll agree. Sometimes we'll disagree. But at the very least, you'll know where we stand. And so, when we give something the Story Archive stamp of approval, it'll mean something. It won't just be a paid ad. So, uh. In other news, we're debating on what shows to do next. I still need to watch changelings. I'll probably Football's been so good, Zach. Football has been so good on the weekends. It's just been incredible. My my Miami Dolphins are finally good. Nobody cares about this probably out there, but I've been a lifelong suffering Dolphins fan, so I'm just in the I'm in it. Anyways, we're thinking about changelings. I'm gonna check it out. See if uh maybe we do like a maybe it's not episodic, maybe we'll do like a little kind of recap of the season. We, in the past, did a series called Lupin. If you're from France, you'll be very familiar of the gentleman burglar who is Arsène Lupin, Lupin, for those who are reading it as it sounds or spelled in English. But anyways, uh, we have season two of Lupin coming out on Netflix, and we may be doing something with that. I also have a video slash podcast planned. We kind of want to make it a tradition, maybe a quarterly thing. Me and Zach were discussing it mm-hmm. yesterday about doing a quarterly best things we've watched lately type episode. And we've got a backlog of stuff that we've, all, that we've both watched throughout the year and a little bit into last year too of the best things we've watched. Um, and then heading into the holidays, we want to kind of figure something out for the holidays. We want to do something spooky and then I want something Christmas. Christmas, Thanksgiving, I want to feel like the holidays. It never snows in Florida. So, damn it <laughs> this it will snow on this podcast, yeah, we will do something, but anyways, uh, all right, anything to add, Zach? oh, um, our youtube b s comment oh, yeah. we're going through, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to start a rumble account uh Rumble at the very least, has been a proponent for uh free speech and does not terminate your channel with the authoritarian approach that YouTube takes. And the very frustrating part about YouTube is, unless you're monetized on YouTube, there's no customer support team. There's nobody who helps you on YouTube. It's horrible. Apple officially retracted any complaint they had against us more than two weeks ago now. YouTube still will not reinstate us. So, the people who own the content that hit us with a copyright violation because we had their logo on our thumbnail simply to market this, the network that the show was on, we thought it made sense for the thumbnail. Those people said we're good that own the content while YouTube, who's just the middleman of distributing us to the masses, says we are not good. So we're looking into any sort of avenue right now, whether it means getting a lawyer, whatever it is. We have pretty much crossed uh, all our T's and dotted all our I's at this moment. If you know of anything, like a legal defense fund for uh, fair use, we are right now being treated pretty poorly by YouTube, by not being allowed on the network, uh, on their um, on their platform. And it really sucks because we were seeing steady growth there and we had a lot of plans of, of getting more video content out to all of you that we think you will still enjoy it just for now will not be on YouTube until... I'm literally DMing people on LinkedIn, Zach, employees from YouTube. Yeah. like I, like. I There's no stone unturned here on my end of, of what we can possibly do to fix this. It's just an absolute incompetence and maybe just an unwillingness to help on YouTube's behalf. Uh, it's scary, folks. If you've never dealt with it and you've only heard of people complaining in front of Congress, Or people complaining on Twitter about their channels being banned. If you make your living off of this and there is a platform that's able to terminate you without an explanation, because they still haven't given us an explanation. The only people who gave us an explanation was Apple Podcast. Mm -hmm. It's it's pretty it's pretty bad in the digital era that we live in for them to be able to do that. But anyways, that's for those of you who care about it. We just wanted to give you an update because we know a lot of you out there were watching our YouTube content. So let's get into the recap of Foundation season 2 episode 10 which i'm shocked to say is over at this point I it know. feels like it's zoomed by
1: i feel like we just started this season like a couple of weeks ago honestly
0: you know my first instinct when i when we started this episode do you want to do you want to guess what it was my first gut physical reaction
1: no what
0: <clears throat> here we go with the gale voiceover oh yeah ben. yeah, yeah. Like, I, thought oh, I thought that too i
1: thought <laughs> that too
0: Oh, that is like I just want Gale present. But I guess whenever we get a Gale, feels like every time we got a Gale voiceover, she was in a cryopod. Which we got a couple of things here we're, we're going to talk about. But let's uh, the episode opens up and we get this long explanation of how Harry survived. Gale felt him crying out for help and pulled a tellum, really, to save him from death, mm-hmm. using a nearby guard to unshackle Harry and then kill the guard to replace his body. So Gale's getting her hands dirty quite literally. To save Harry here.
1: Yeah. Which is pretty impressive because I think, you know, a little later in the episode, we we find out that you and I were were correct in what we were thinking at the end of the last episode, which was that everybody in a town was just under the control of Tellum, right? You know, Tellum dies and everybody walks out and they're just like, oh what? Like I've never seen this before. And you know, I would imagine these guards would be under Telem's control as well. So I, I feel like it's it's pretty. I mean, come on, <laughs> like she, like Tellem would have had a connection to this guard because she would have been controlling him. And I'm to believe that she didn't sense that. Oh, he he's dead.
0: There's a lot of loopholes here. Yeah. Uh, on a on a crappy note, it sucks for the guard and uh, Loren, uh the guy who died in the airlock mm-hmm. in the previous episode, because. They would have been freed if they were completely off of the bondage of Telum. But who knows? Maybe she has like a secret, uh, maybe this is like the Gestapo. Yeah. Yeah. This is like her loyal faction. I guess you could always say that. But it's kind of endless, the loopholes you could get with when you have somebody as powerful as
1: Telum. I agree. And that was my thought as well, especially (laughs) with, um, you know, the character in the last episode was that, you know, maybe he was a loyal uh, follower of Telum and it didn't need to be controlled. And, you know, okay. I, I kind of get that he was the only one that that came after, uh, you know, Gale and and Salvor, so it's possible, it's possible, but I I, I don't buy it. You know, you know what kind of,
0: I don't know about you, and you let me know what you think here. Hmm. But almost every character I had an emotional attachment to dies in this episode. Like I will say, I had more of an emotional attachment to Salvor than I do to Gale.
1: Yeah, I mean, even in season one, like we got, I feel like we got a lot more of Salvor. And I've always said from season one, I've never been a big fan of Salvor. She's just not like my favorite character. So that yeah. one didn't bum me out too much. You know, the, the one good that I do think uh, might come from this outside of just the, the general storyline and all that is we'll probably see more shining moments of Gale. This, is, this has been the first shining Gale moment in the entire freaking season. I don't think anything, you know, that was positive and focused on her has happened until this episode so hopefully we get more it, of that sorry go ahead
0: yeah I, I i agree with you we want i want more memorable moments that stand out when i think of gail because with harry i can think of several moments you know even with Raish, uh he had his moment mm-hmm. every character kind of has their standout moments you know that hober will have probably the all-timer of crashing uh empire and and saving uh brother constant right Yeah. Who we still don't know her name. Um, On Ignis now, with the people free, these people do have a tendency to, um, they need a leader at all times, Mm -hmm. these mentalics, because the first instinct after being freed is to kneel to Gail and to Harry. And Harry does make mention that people do have a tendency of wanting to kneel, and that's true. You know, humans do have a tendency of, Wanting to fill something, you know, into the warship category, but it—it's kind of like I wrote in my notes. That's kind of juxtaposed with Demerzel, right? The mm. Demerzel is programmed to serve Empire, right? Now the mentalics were programmed to serve Telum. Yeah. Will Gail do the opposite of what Cleon the First does, or will she pull a Cleon and? It seems like she chose to free them because Harry gives her the option later in the episode of, hey, I'm going to stay behind. I'm going to teach these people psychohistory. We're going to check in on you year to year and um, we're going to make you the new deity Mm -hmm. of this planet. It seems like Harry's first step for every new planet and foundation (laughs) is to start a religion.
1: Right? Give them something to believe in.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, that's the first thing. So, replace the old one and put another bad one in, in in this situation. But- yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, you know, that she's still going to kind of stay around and live for quite a long time. I, I imagine everybody that we currently see on Ignis won't be here by the, uh, the next season. I mean, that's 152 years in the future. Easily two or three generations.
0: You know what kind of tripped me out was the fact that they put, they, they put both cryopods like in the temple. Mm-hmm. One on either side. I thought to myself... That's kind of quite the public place to be put in this for 152 years. Yeah. Like, no kid's going to come by and be like, let's mess with the old man and the girl who are in these tanks. Like, let's kick this thing over. Like, <laughs>
1: you
0: know, imagine they kick it over 34 years in. There's not a backup cryopod. No. So, you're really trusting these mentalics who you've barely yet know
1: anything about. Yep. That's <clears throat> a great point. Yeah. I was, I was just like, wow, they- I wrote somewhere in my notes, I'm like, wow, they really are trusting everybody on this planet very fast. And I mean, like, right. you know, and and on top of that, by the way, I've just, I've also got to say, this is after we find out that Telum jumped into, I forget the little kid's name, after her head yes. was bashed in yes. or while it yes. was being bashed in. Like, that's like, I would be so skeptical of everybody here. Like, I'd want to like live amongst them for a while and at least try and like, Make I'm sure there's that- no whiff of tell them or any other, uh, you know, ill will towards them. Dude, I'm putting my cryopod in the
0: forest in this planet. Like, I'm digging <laughs> it. <to>, that thing.
1: <laughs> yeah, in a cave somewhere. Because Stick it in the beggar and, and set the <clears throat> beggar in, like, a hovering state.
0: <laughs> 150 years. That's a solid two generations. Okay? Mm-hmm. There's nobody who's gonna be like, we must free ourselves from the yoke of these two cryopotted rulers. Yeah. Like... <clears throat> There's got to be, like, something that occurs on this planet.
1: I would imagine so. I mean, they've just been under the rule of Telum for quite a long time, I imagine. I mean, at least I wouldn't want them to be, you know, under somebody else's rule immediately. I'd be like, yeah, we're free. There's, like, a hundred of us here. Like, let's just let's do whatever we want, which yeah. sounds bad, by the way. That, like that. that yeah, could lead let's... to some destruction pretty quickly.
0: Agreed. Let's uh, shift gears to Trantor, where we get probably the most compelling... Um, performance in the series and I really we haven't talked about it much but Laura Byrne who plays Demerzel she's tasked with playing a robot a sentient robot or I guess robots are sentient uh, anyway we got like a long dig- explanation about the difference between robots and AI a sentient robot <laughs> who's conflicted towards her pre-programmed need to preserve empire <clears throat> And her own internal desires for freedom and for the downfall of the Empire to be free. Mm -hmm. And she does it in such a way that you can honestly, I feel like at all moments you kind of know where Demerzel is. Once you know her backstory now, like you're kind of seeing this when she's looking at Dusk and Rue because remember in the episode previous, I noted that um, I thought that the alarm went off for her. Yeah. That she was... She had been triggered that they were in this, you know, 600 year old room, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Actually, longer than that. But you can see in this scene that she's clearly conflicted. There's tears in her eyes. She's talking about how, you know, her story with Cleon really, of how she loved Cleon, but she will never really know if that love was programmed or whether it's her true feelings. And even though Dusk is going at her, feeling like he was just warming the throne for her, right? He's kind of just a puppet. Mm -hmm. Um, She says, well, you will never know. Like, those memories are yours. You don't have to question those. Like, I will never know. But then again, why would he trust her?
1: You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, look at how many cataphiles he's missing, so. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Still got questions.
0: What's interesting, you ever played Bioshock?
1: Uh, I've played it once a while back.
0: Well... In Bioshock, spoiler for anybody who wants to play this video game, uh, you can leave in the next three seconds. The end of the game, you're being guided the whole time by this narrator, who the whole game he's at, he keeps on saying, "Would you kindly? Would you kindly?" And it's not, it doesn't seem like a command, mm-hmm. but by the end of the game, you realize that you're programmed to obey every time he says, "Would you kindly?" <laughs> so when you look at Demerzel, hers is, uh, I'm what is it the I've I've been and I always will be.
1: Yeah. What is the... Always been here and I always will be, something like that.
0: Yeah, and I, I like how I've always been. It's kind of like her thing and she's been saying that since season 1. If you remember when the um Anacreon and the Thespian are being hung by their neck and mm-hmm. little little Don asks, "Does it always end this way?" And she says it always ends this way, you know? It's yeah. so it's kind of like it's kind of like that BioShock moment of, <laughs> "Oh, they've been they've been put in the little they knew they were coming this direction, you know, the whole time, and obviously, cause, you know, in the books and whatnot. But yeah, as non as non book readers, we don't know what's different and what's the same in this way. Yeah, um, we find out that she's behind the blind angels that tried to assassinate Day earlier in the season. I thought it was almost clear that it was Sareth, in a way, but she did it so that Sareth would take the fall. She even started to sleep. She confirmed that she started sleeping with Day, which we kind of caught this from last episode. That she was sleeping with Day to try to influence him in a direction that would preserve Empire. Mm -hmm. But it all falls apart for her at the end, right?
1: Yeah, definitely. I I think uh, Demerzel fooled you too. In what way? Well, you thought Serith was the one that hired the blind angels.
0: Yeah, 100%. 100%. Well, because of the way she was talking. There was moments where Serith would say certain things where it felt almost clear that she was behind
1: it. Well, she had motive too.
0: Yeah. Motive. I thought her meeting with her advisors and Markley mm. kind of showed that she was at, at uh, fault for it, and that's it. But did, did you have any hope here for Dusk and Rue uh, that they would survive this encounter?
1: I did for a few moments, and then I realized what was going to happen. And then at the mm-hmm. end of this scene, um, I wrote, Mario's going to think that they might still be alive. Well, we, didn't we didn't see any bodies.
0: <laughs> Look, if ever, if ever, if ever, I have been vindicated by the, you haven't seen the bodies theory, mm-hmm. it was this episode. Because I got a whole planet's worth of bodies that were spared, buddy.
1: Yeah. Well, we, we did see a flash at the end of that episode, right? So, like, there there was that question of, like, something happened with the vault. But
0: nobody nobody expected the whole damn No, not planet. not
1: the whole planet. I was expecting Polly for the most part. You know, I, yeah. I, I do want to say, though, like, to, to the point of we didn't see the bodies, the part Robert? here that threw me <laughs> off. Well, that was another one, by the way, that I was just like, you know, you, you <clears throat> sucked up everybody on the planet. Like, you couldn't have just grabbed Hober right before the, you know, ship exploded. Like, I mean, yeah. I get not wanting to pull everybody from all of the ships because, well, it is Empire. But why not grab uh, grab Hober? It should be, I would imagine it would be super simple. But what I was going to say here in this scene where you've got Dusk and Rue in Demerzel's prison, mm-hmm. the thing that threw me was that when she left, she re-triggered the security. Like, and I don't just mean like an alarm that would go off to her. Like, you know those like laser, like jail bars? She turned those on. Like, why would you turn those on if they were dead? And so, that was a little confusing. I'm not saying that they're alive. I think they're 100% dead. But I thought it was a little weird that she would turn it on other than the fact that it just looked kind of cool.
0: I felt like it was just kind of like one of those things. Like, It looks cool. Let's just do it. Yeah. but they could be alive. She, in my opinion, she spares Don in this episode. She's able to break her programming a little bit because I found it absolutely ridiculous that um, Don was able to fly away yeah. from this planet. It's same with when Hober was leaving with Constant. It was almost the exact same scene where he's trying to deactivate this thing around her head. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm sorry, man. This is the most advanced planet in the entire system. There's no like anti aircraft missiles yeah. on this giant ring that's around your planet. Exactly. There has to be. Yeah. But to me, she lets them escape because they literally have a communication with her, which I found weird. But uh like how about you don't you don't have a communication with the person who's trying to actively who's killed your other two brothers, pretty much. Not she didn't kill day, but she killed Dusk. Right? Yeah. And she's out to try to kill your wife. And how about don't tell her that you're pregnant?
1: Those are things I would keep a secret. I do think it was kind of foolish of Don to call Demerzel. Um, but I do think it played into his favor because the things that he said, you Touched know, kind, j- kind, well, yeah, I think there, there was a part of that though. I don't think that was any, any, anything that caused her to let them escape. I think the thing that um, he said to her made this decision less black and white it was much more gray right because you know he, he he goes on to basically say like hey don't you think killing me and my new wife and uh you know our, our, our child that you know she's she's pregnant with would turn the entire like planet against empire right? That, yeah. that, would, that would be bad for Empire. And so, he kind of like shifts this thing from being like this very black and white, like, oh, I have to go kill you because you know blank, right? To, well, if you do, that might be worse off. So, she's got to kind of like weigh that decision of, is it better to let him go or kill yeah. him now?
0: Well, she decants a brand new one. So, I think she maybe answers that question. Mm-hmm. I think Demerzel is also playing to the idea that we're kind of like Demerzel, right, as the audience, we come from season to season and and we skip we time skip with Gale and our cryopods, yep. you know we're pretty much two hundred and fifty years in into this now, maybe three hundred years right of time skips one hundred and thirty eight getting lost we <laughs> we're getting lost in the numbers, but Demerzel probably thinks like it might matter for a generation, but it won't matter for two, it won't matter for three, and we will shape what people remember but mm-hmm. yeah, it's uh. I do think Sareth used it politically, though. 100 of oh, it's a pretty uh, cap- compelling story. You know, the runaway emperor with the true born heir, which I I mentioned, it would be a cool storyline to take into season three. Season three does seem to be ramping up to be probably the most exciting. But now we got to bring in a whole new cast of characters, and I'm going to really miss some of the ones we lost in this one.
1: To be I, I am going to miss Hober for sure. Um, you know, I'm going to miss, gonna Hober miss and Bell. Bell. Like, I, 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 Bell Rios really grew, up, like, grew on me throughout this, this season since yeah. he was introduced. I'm gonna miss him, man. I'm, Same. I, like, I, I think he could have been such a great asset to Foundation, which is another reason why I felt it was a little disappointing that they weren't just saved at the last second from, uh, from Harry.
0: We're also gonna lose this, uh, this version of Day, the rebellious Day who was about to destroy seven more planets. We get yeah. the famous screenshot of him with the basking in the glow of terminus on fire, you know mm-hmm. and it seems he was getting a taste for world destruction, and honestly, it kind of made sense, right? like if you do destroy those seven planets, Empire's so powerful, yeah that if they just destroyed the planets that had the foundation on it, they could just keep on doing this every single time it spurs up. I mean, you may have no more planets left by the time um by the time you get through it all, but it would be successful for at least a couple more generations, right?
1: Ruling with an iron fist, absolutely. Which is yeah. definitely something this this day would, you know. Honestly, like I think every day, um, that we've seen would do something like this. Like they they all end up committing atrocities, and I I wonder how different the the newly decanted day will actually be from this from this version. Yeah. Like I I don't know how different their personality would be but he should have all of the same memories up until the point where she died right
0: no i think that she'll probably alter that 100 percent. i would if i was her i would i would remove the
1: alter the I rebellious re- bits yeah
0: yeah i would say like hey let's let's get rid of the affair bits let's get rid of this you know whatever it is but yeah <clears throat> it turns out that taking your entire fleet to circle one planet is not a great idea because it turns out that Hober's deal with the Spacers, I thought it was a no brainer when he brought it to the Spacers, to be honest with you. Yeah. yeah. And it turns out that it did get done. That that little device that Bell kind of pointed out when he had Hober in custody ended up being um the sequence. Like it was kind of the, the sequence of of causing the ships to jump and it was now linked. Like it was initiated. He needed to get on the ship. Like that was always the plan was to get on the ship. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the whole fleet gets wiped out. But you know, it seems like Bells talking for everybody on these ships? Yeah. But there's a whole crew on every single ship that we see getting exploded <laughs> in the distance. And everybody's pretty calm about the fact that they're all going to die like in a suicide giant jumping mission.
1: Yeah, I was a little surprised that there wasn't more freaking out just, you know, widespread panic. Um yeah. Yeah. I I don't know what else to say about (laughs) that. I I would have expected a little bit more, a little more like, you know, people trying to figure out, how do we shut this thing off, how do we get out of here?
0: Yeah. Maybe this was the only calm (laughs) ship. Maybe all the other ships were, uh, were, 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 they were were going crazy. The other ships were like, we got to get out of here and they were just going nuts (laughs) on on the other ships. But Bell was like, that's a small cost for the freedom of the Empire. Same as the spacer. You know, there's a spacer on every single one of those ships.
1: Yeah. It's, yeah. a big, it's, a, it's a big
0: sacrifice. I mean, what
1: is it, like 10% of, of all of their, their younglings, whatever, <laughs> the spacers? Yeah,
0: 10%. I don't know if that means that there's literally 10% of them there, or if they're all there, or maybe they are some other... I'm assuming this is not the only bit of the fleet that's there, but it does mean that the spacers no longer work for Empire. So wherever we are in the future, either they brokered a new deal, they developed a whisper ship technology or whatever they had to do, but the spacers are no longer subservient. Yeah. To Empire.
1: Well, I'm led to believe that this was the entire fleet. And, you know, the other, the other thing, since, like, basically all of uh, Empire's technology has been destroyed here, uh, that could really put the foundation in a good place, right? Like, they're the ones that have invented the, the more advanced technology already. Now they can start distributing it to others.
0: Yeah. What do you think about, I mean, we had the Bell... And Day fight sequence. It was kind of like the Bell Day and Hober fight sequence. I think it was just kind of an excuse to finally see Day get beat up, but he does kind of have his last stand because he does win the fight against Bell does while he, his though? guards just look on. But he doesn't <laughs> because you know that the device, the castling device that we got with um with Hober, mm-hmm. right? Uh that into really introduced his character into uh <laughs> into the series was a perfect timing for it to be used here because we, you know, by the way, we have kind of been on Day's side throughout the season in terms of rooting for the pure chaos that he brings to the show, right? Because without without his chaotic actions, season two is a snooze fest, you know, because you need that kind of catalyst to all the conflict, right? Yep. You You need your days. But when he died and is drifting out into space in those joggers, I was, I literally, I was like, yeah, like I was actually <laughs> happy to see him dead, and I wasn't expecting that kind of reaction out of myself.
1: Yeah, no, I was, I was very happy as well. Um, again, like one, of, one of my favorite parts of this season has just been seeing Day get his hands dirty. I, I love it. Like it, it's so different from the Day that we see in season one, right, where he's very much formal in every yes. appearance that he ever has in season one. He feels yes. very like what regal, and in this season he's he's just I mean, I mean he's he's punching uh, blind angels you know killing them and yeah, we, we hear he's beating the crap out of his commander.
0: We open the season really with him butt naked screwing Demerzel, Yeah. and and fighting off an assassination attempt with his bare hands. I mean that's like a badass yeah entry compared to like the you know the day of of previous seasons who is very much aristocratic doesn't get his hands dirty. This is a diff- this was like rockstar day, right? Mm-hmm. Um all right, back to Trantor. Don is alerted that Sareth has been arrested and that she's behind the assassination attempt. I did find it uh I didn't really kind of it didn't stand out to me on fir- on first watch, but on the second I was like when did Dusk have the time to get that green paint in his pocket to put this mark on her <laughs> on Temerzo's neck? Does he just always have this green paint? And it's like when what was the preparation process, and how did he just have this green paint where he could put a mark in her neck?
1: yeah, I don't know when it, <laughs> I, I, it it was a little convenient when we when we saw uh Dusk and rue early in the episode when they were like trying to figure out a way out. you could see he had green paint all over his fingers already, yeah, um so I don't know, maybe that was from like wiping the paints on the mural outside, and it was just a happy coincidence that it was green um. I really, I really don't know. But if that's not where it came from, I don't know where on earth this green paint was hiding.
0: It was so convenient that part of me thought maybe Demerzel broke her programming and she's trying to warn Don against her own programming, you mm. know? Cause I thought I thought that in certain aspects, because Demerzel is kind of unable to be understand, period. You just don't know what she's going to do. She's the definition of like a Well, you kind of do know what she's gonna do, but there's always kind of like that strand of hope. That she might be able to break her programming. Right? Mm. Do you think she gets it? Do you think somebody finally frees her in this, these 150 something years?
1: I, I think she will be freed. Um, I, I, but there's many ways for that to happen. Right? I mean, if, if Empire does fall, she will be free right yeah. because she can't she can't protect something that doesn't exist anymore so that might be the way that she gets freed i don't think we're going to see somebody sneak up on her cut her back open and take out the programming chip that's not what i think is going to happen
0: yeah. back to the destiny or the ship that is bells if you didn't catch the name of it mm-hmm. turns out it was a good thing that uh day and hober uh, consummated their uh, relationship because it comes to a quick end here where there's only room for one person in this pod to escape the uh the ship. Did you say Day
1: and Hover consummated their relationship?
0: My bad. Um because I, I said brother. Yeah. I was gonna say brother and then whenever I think of brother it's Day. That would be something, right? Day yeah.
1: I was I was like uh, I was sitting there I'm like waiting for the for the twist. the
0: whole, the whole brother <laughs> the whole brother thing is is like it's a little cache. Cle- yeah, well she's clearly a woman. So it's kinda like all right. It's kinda like it gets me with the brother brother day, dusk, dawn. Mm-hmm. I'm in that I'm in that mode when I'm using the word brother in this yeah. show. But constant, who we don't know her name. Maybe it's Hope, maybe it's Weenus. We don't know. <laughs> um, right? That was the name yeah, she said. Earlier I think it was
1: Weenus, yeah. Yeah. So she's
0: gone. I wrote in side note <clears throat> I'd rather stay on the ship than be put in that little tiny ass pod to suffocate to co- death, yeah. Dude, it reminded me of the whole thing that just happened with the Titanic pod. I was I was like
1: running out of oxygen mm-hmm.
0: in space. <clears throat> Cause I mean, you're just drifting in space. You have one day of oxygen.
1: Yeah. Count your blessings. I mean, she's she's praying the entire time she's in that thing. <laughs> almost almost praise herself to death.
0: Yeah, right. If she's running out of the <laughs> Pretty much, right? That that would probably be the time that you should speak a little less. Yeah. Is when breathe you
1: slowly through your nose, yeah, yeah. out and through you know, your mouth.
0: <laughs> pray in your head. I don't know. That would be a horrible way to go, man. Holy moly. Yeah. Everyone's just so calm going into these pods, you know? <laughs> just how about going into that cryopod as the liquid is slowly floating up
1: to your face? Yeah. At least you can breathe that liquid.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, they finally crack open the Locris wine and uh, unfortunately, it tastes like Becky's arsehole.
1: Mm-hmm. mm mm-hmm. yeah. what, what a great... I can only imagine.
0: That's happened to me before where um, somebody's like gotten a... We've like had a bottle of wine mm-hmm. and like it's being hyped up and it's like it's a really expensive bottle of wine only to have it and be like this is terrible like this is this is horrible like this went bad (laughs) which is I kind of i think it's a fitting humorous end like for hober that this would be the way it goes this wine that he's been holding for years right improperly storing the entire time probably right and here it's gone completely poorly it's like the perfect humorous end as bell watches his fleet of thousands of men and women dying uh, every second. (laughs) It's a great firework show if you didn't didn't stop and think for a moment that each one of these ships, probably like 500 people, are being sent to their death.
1: At least these things are huge.
0: Yeah, but it's a touching moment between Hober and Bell here. It makes you immediately miss these two characters who are certainly gone. They're on the Hugo bus. I think Hugo is safe to say by now, the Hugo Hopium train is officially has left the station
1: yep i i agree sadly i agree i really wish i would see more of these two characters together like i, I just i love seeing it they're great i like seeing them play off of each other the jokes it would a been sad great moment too
0: it would have been great too because it would have been kind of like the game of thrones thing which you won't understand but it, it'll be like
1: every episode.
0: It would be like, you know, Jamie, L- Jamie Lannister and Braun. you know, how there's like a moment where you actually don't know, I don't but know. They're, there's, they they have like their own arc together that's completely separate. So now you bring in these two characters, they both lost their lovers, right? Mm-hmm. So like you would put them in season three and they would kind of have like this new purpose. We're kind of like rogue mercenaries, right? Yeah. Uh, We don't know where to go, but also next season we're 152 years in the future, so Brother, everyone's dead, pretty much. Whoever's not on that cryopod is dead. So it's it's a completely new cast of characters next season.
1: Well, I don't know if that's a hundred percent true. I mean, I think everybody on Ignis right this second will be dead, but everybody in the vault could be alive because time works differently in there, does it not?
0: Yes, but I would assume that they would have found a planet uh shortly thereafter.
1: Yeah, but. Why? Why leave the vault if you don't have to?
0: I I, I mean, with, I feel with like, this vault, with this vault, I mean, <laughs> who knows what else this vault is
1: capable of? Exactly. Like I I I find it hard to believe that Constance is going Constant is going to be dead by next season. Otherwise, why go through all of the trouble to to save her? Right. So I, I feel like there's gonna be there's gonna be some characters carried over. Obviously, you're gonna get Gale. We're gonna get both Harrys. We're gonna have some new version of Empire and Demerzel, but I imagine Constant would still be alive. Maybe It's gonna
0: be the longest, be the longest pregnancy ever for yeah. uh, Constant. I'm assuming. <laughs> I'm assuming we're going into next season with two babies, right? We're going in with. No, they're not gonna be babies. I think they're gonna be the main characters, which is gonna be Constant's kid with Hober, mm-hmm. and um, Sarah's kid with Don, right? Yeah. What do you think of Constant not revealing her name right before she floats off into space? Did you think that was a fitting way to end it or uh, do you think it would have been like a better reveal if she would have said like, my name is, I don't know. I don't know what would have been
1: a fitting end. I think it was fitting. I mean, Hober's character is just very comical to begin with. So, like, if that ended in like a super serious moment, I don't feel like it would have felt right. Um, so, I was, o- I was okay with it. I liked the joke, too. the Oh, my name is Hope. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was nice. It was kind of also like... Really? Like,
1: Like you couldn't tell me. I'm going to die.
0: Or how about like, yeah, (laughs) I'm literally going to die. How about don't joke with me right now? Yeah. You
1: know? Yeah. If it it was like anybody else, I I, would have wanted her to say her name. I just... It felt fitting because it was Hober. That's all I'll say. Yeah.
0: Well, back on Trantor, Dawn and Sarith Escape, they use facial scramblers to have their servants deliver a. Speech to the people, pretty much kind of trying to politically bulletproof themselves from what Demerzel is able to do. Brilliant mm-hmm. plan by Don, by the way. We find out Sarah is pregnant and they escape off planet while Demerzel and Don also share a touching moment. I gotta say, very, very mature, loving moments from Don and Dusk, almost talking to their mother in a way, right? Yeah. And um, they say they love her, they forgive her. I mean, not think I don't think we would see that from Day, Mm-mm. but Dawn and Dusk do seem to have this sort of attachment to Demerzel in a maternal, maternally loving way.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, she's the closest thing that they've had to a mother their entire life, so I I get it. Day is just extremely rebellious. Like he's there's always something he's unhappy with. So I don't think we would have gotten that from him either.
0: Do you think? Um, they head to um, Cloud Dominion or do you think they go to a different planet? Because the obvious one would be Cloud Dominion but they might be very much at risk if they go to Cloud Dominion. How? So there's, do there's
1: no military.
0: We, we're assuming that there's no more to this military. Than That's that true.
1: That's true. There could be hidden, you know, like factions and groups and militia and all of that. Yeah. Um, I, I think it would make sense to go to Cloud Dominion. I I've, Feel like there might still be something to the whole they've discovered how to reverse um memory wipes right so maybe maybe they're maybe we we learn more than we've ever learned about empire because they go to cloud dominion and they un erase don's brain maybe that's a possibility
0: yeah that could be a possible thing that occurs uh we have a moment when we go to ignis here I got a couple of things. Tellum has this whole planet on a chokehold, mm-hmm. but yet when they go to the ship, she only sends one guy. If I was Tellum, I would have sent the whole army after these people. And then, secondly, why are there just guns lying around in this temple?
1: Are they not like gales and, just, and, there's and all like that? There's like three
0: guns on a on a rock.
1: Yeah, just chilling there. Yeah, It was kind of
0: chilling to see the kid pick up the gun. I, I, th- I found that kind of chilling.
1: I agree. I, th- I think this solidifies the fact that Josiah is not going to be the mule. Yeah, um, that
0: my, my mule theory is is completely toast
1: at yeah. this point. I was, I was disappointed to see Salver die this way. Like It kind of felt a little cheap. It did. A little cheesy. Um,
0: I don't know how she made it across the room fast enough to. Me neither. To that
1: the, and that kid, like, fired the bullet and then she jumped and then she threw the knife. She still wasn't hit by the, by the bullet yet. Also, would that have been the most
0: effective way for Tellum to make an appearance? What you, do you know mean? what I mean? Wouldn't, wouldn't it have been. Think about it. I'm assuming that, you know, over time, Tellum would have grown stronger in Josiah.
1: Mm. Right? Yeah, slowly so, taking them over.
0: And so, wouldn't it have been better to kind of just be lurking and have a body that you can take over, like a fully grown adult, you know, body for you to you take over as Tellum, right? It Rather than have. just do this short-sighted. Also, it doesn't really make sense to me that Tellum's dead. I, I feel like just because you killed Josiah doesn't mean that you're killing Tellum, even though he does say he feels Tellum dying within him. But that could just mean that she's leaving his body and finding a new host
1: you know yeah yeah i was that was my concern and that was that was part of why i said earlier in in this episode that if i were gail and harry i'd want to hang out for a little while and make sure that Tellum didn't just jump into somebody else's body um but you know i don't, they don't seem to be concerned about that i hate the
0: fact that saw war traveled to the future just to die i, I thought it was such a lane waste. Yeah, I thought it was such a waste of just seeing what could have been with her character mm-hmm. for her to just die like this. But Harry got his wish now. Uh Gale's not going to be obsessed about Salvor's fate anymore. So yeah. no more distractions for uh for Gale. But
1: you know what's kind of weird? I I'm a little surprised that there wasn't more of like an emotional reaction from Harry because technically Salvor is his granddaughter.
0: Yeah, well, we kind of lose that in the whole season. Like he doesn't really he doesn't really have, he doesn't express these types of emotions at all, right? He doesn't not, have really a connection not until to we
1: get towards the end here. He seems to be a little more grounded in just like the actual people around him, less so strictly on the math. Um, I mean, we, we we get to see the flashbacks of him and, and his love uh, back on his home planet, and you know all of that. So like I like I feel like we started to see him get grounded a little bit more and start to actually care about the people around him. So I was a little disappointed that. Uh, You know, he didn't seem to care a little more that Salford was dead, but I mean, it's Harry, what are you going to do?
0: What did you think about this creepy burial ceremony? It was a little uh, terrifying.
1: I'm not going to lie. I was like, what? I was confused to what was going on for a moment. I'm like, how is she sitting straight up? I've never seen that before in my life. Um, While it was happening. Yeah, go ahead. It's kind of like they sat in a room. They said, what's the most haunting way
0: we can bury somebody? (laughs) Let's sit them up.
1: Look, at a 90 degree
0: 90 degree angle and let's open their eyes to be looking at us. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Wearing this, you know, white burial cloth.
1: I'm okay with yeah. the burning of the body, but do it do it like uh sitting like like know, Luke had to, to do his father in Star Wars. I mean, come on, like it's just flat, laid down, eyes are closed, like, you don't you it, don't see anything.
0: Lay her down, nobody goes to rest sitting up. Well,
1: Salvor does. While yeah. she's Although, being burned, guess, by the way, the, I guess
0: the the warden's always watching.
1: Yeah. I suppose, yeah, yeah, maybe. Well, we'll see. I don't know. Maybe, maybe she maybe she could uh, have jumped into somebody else's body too. Um, Is it crazy for me to say why can't we just take her to Una's world and and give her a body? Well, her conscience isn't anywhere. They'd have to have a like a her conscience stored somewhere. At least that that's the way that I I would interpret it. What did you yeah. think of that uh, that blonde girl that had like the net? tattoos that we were getting shots of for for a moment like i thought there was something off with her
0: i have no idea but she stands out because of those neck tattoos like in a way that she's more prominent than Mm -hmm. the other actors right she doesn't feel like just the uh average actor in a way but because they do call on her to, to say something earlier in the episode but um I don't know. At this point, I have no idea who's going to be here in season three and who's not. You know, we we can talk about is where we leave off with everybody soon. But Mm -hmm. um, going to space, constant, perhaps the luckiest person in the entire galaxy, floats directly into the vault because she's clearly an outlier here, as is that baby inside of her that we haven't had any confirmation whether she has or not, Mm -hmm. but we're going to assume that she's pregnant. She's floating through space and we find out that she is saved here by... Uh, Dark Harry in the vault and not just her, but the entire planet has been saved as we see this shot that slowly pans up the ship Mm. and we see everybody lined up on the rails there. So it seems like the vault could be infinite, that they could have their own civilization within the planet itself.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's much larger than it looks like on the outside. So that was my whole point like why leave? Like this is probably literally the safest place in the universe. Mm-hmm. You can manifest whatever you whatever you want, whatever you need, really. Um so it makes sense that they that they stay. Do, do you think it's possible that the mule is her offspring?
0: Could be, right? It would be very interesting. He's got those blue eyes, man. He definitely has something to do with the Thespans, one hundred percent. There's a lot of people who are alive here, and we'll see what happens. It was definitely the best strategic possibility for Harry, right? It was we're going to sacrifice a planet that's on the outskirts of the of the Empire that nobody really lives on. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're going to sacrifice this planet. It's a very barren, you know, it's kind of like a wasteland, terminus, right? In lots of ways, yeah, and. We're going to exchange it for the entire fleet of Trantor. We're going to save all the people, which means all the technology is coming with you. Not necessarily the pieces, but the knowledge to recreate it somewhere else mm-hmm. is coming with them. And now, they're going to go to another planet probably and settle there and create the second foundation. Yeah. Or Or maybe, maybe not the second foundation. Maybe they are, there's technically still the first foundation, right?
1: They technically are, but I wonder if or how much the knowledge that this Dark Harry now has. Might uh, you know deviate them from the initial path that the first foundation was on? Like maybe they were never really meant to survive, but because he knows now what they are, maybe he 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 was like, nah, I don't want to die. You know, they're also kind of floating through space, like the like the spacers colony. Like they may never land on a planet. Maybe they'll just stay in space maybe. for a long time. Uh, the the one thing that I feel like was kind of left open though is, you know, the spacers are now all set free. But they need Opelisk. How are they going to get it? Yes. No, like-
0: that's why that's I mean, maybe they could make it in the vault. I don't know what this vault, what the limits of this vault are, mm. other than it's it's designed like a Tesla Cybertruck. <laughs> uh, it's it's just black everywhere. There's like no furniture anywhere. So it'll be interesting to see how, how that plays out. But and also the food that they eat is all gonna be hairy, because we know that everything's made from his body in the side of this vault. Yeah. So, uh, interesting little, st- interesting stuff going on there. Yeah. Wonder what the sewage system looks like inside of the uh, the vault. There's lots of things to talk about regarding this vault. But <laughs> The cannibalistic <laughs> nature of everybody living here. <laughs> yeah. Back on Ignis, Harry consoles Gale, perhaps in the most heartfelt touching moment between the two of them in the entire series. And he tells her that she needs to take all of her pain and weave it into a narrative that pushes her forward. And he's speaking from experience here. He uses the death of his wife to propel him forward into creating this future that he's hoping for, right? Yeah. Did you catch the prime radiant? This was something I caught on second watch. The prime radiant here mm-hmm. with the line going up it kind of shows the second crisis there. Yeah. It looks just like what Demerzel is looking at of Terminus where it's cut in half Yeah. because you can see the line that, that the whole planet is cut in half on uh, Demerzel's a hologram of Terminus. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of interesting that the Prime Radian kind of looks like Terminus, and there's just a line vertically going through. It looks like the same thing, that the planet's been destroyed, you know?
2: Hmm.
1: That's interesting. I didn't, yeah. really, I didn't really catch that.
0: Back on Trantor, for the first time in the history of the Kleonic dynasty, Demerzel has to decant all three phases of the day. We get a brand new dawn, a brand new day, a brand new dusk, all with the brand new iOS. I mean, they got the brand new (laughs) iOS Demerzels, you know, 17. And, uh, it's as creepy as you would think, you know, the, the decanting process of apparently comes with, uh, strobing light effects and ominous lighting, uh, just to top it off right
1: (laughs) maybe maybe there's a thunderstorm somewhere or something the thing that was the creepiest was the way that they all like lurch forward like one small step at a time it was very very uh off-putting
0: they all come forward like frankenstein out of their other rooms you see all the little little ones in the background like
1: yeah little fetus yep i was surprised that this still existed and it wasn't drained based on the, the conversations earlier on in the season between Sareth and, and Day. Like, I thought well, I thought we were about happened. to like see Demerzel walk into this room to try and decant them and be like, where are they? Like, that's kind of well, where I thought this was going to go and that would have, you know, set her free at this point.
0: Well, that didn't, the marriage didn't happen so they weren't able to to do that. You know, if, if Day never leaves to Terminus, it, this probably never occurs, right? Mm-hmm. So... Let's keep it moving. Demerzel, probably the most key thing here is she has the prime radiant now. And in a very open-ended way, she says that she's not able to understand it yet, but she can see wonderful things lie ahead. Now, is that her program self-talking or is that herself that wants the empire
1: to fall? I think it's the latter. I think it's it's the part of herself that wants freedom. That's what I think. Because, I mean, she's very nondescript with the wonderful things that she sees. so, that's kind of where I think this is going. And, you know, I mean, come on, again, Empire is going to have to fall at some point. Yeah. More than it already well, has.
0: Yeah, well, you know, if Salvor can die earlier, maybe Empire doesn't have to fall. You know, that means that doesn't just leave open the capacity for the future to remain unchanged just for the people working on behalf of the Foundation. It also opens it up for those on the Empire side. So, we'll see. And if Demerzel's able to understand that prime radiant, it's kind of like in World War II when they decoded the the Nazis uh code right with mm-hmm. uh what's that movie the imagine the um imitation game yeah uh anyways back to ignis the plan now is for gale to jump 150 years forward she convinces harry who for the first time actually alters his plan to go alongside gale kind of like twist my arm i don't have to die here teaching these neanderthals how to yeah. <laughs> how to understand the most complex math on the planet mm-hmm. uh he goes with her and they set up the cryopods in perhaps the most public location possible of Ignis, and that's the last that we see of Harry and Gale counting primes as they are submerged into the breathable liquid. Yeah,
1: putting again a lot of trust into people they hardly know.
2: Yeah,
0: it should. We should go into next season, and it's just like, well, they're dead. No, no, it's like three months later, and there's like. <laughs> Playing kickball inside the (laughs) temple. A a ball hits it and cracks the shield. Anyways, uh, 152 years later, we time skip to the end here where we see the mule who seems to kind of be kneeled and praying or... Right? He seems to kind of be like in a kneeling posture, talking to himself in his room. We don't quite know where he is, Mm -hmm. although it does feel very Trantorian. It does feel very much like he's in the decanting area of Trantor, but... I have no idea where he is, but he is haunted by Gail, who's apparently haunted him in a thousand dreams, and yeah. now his goal is to destroy her at any cost.
1: Yeah, he seems he seems like a very tortured individual as well.
0: He says, even if I have to burn everything to do it, which makes me think that he's in power over something, if he's able to burn things.
1: Yeah. I, I don't I don't quite know where empire in its trinity-esque form is going to be next season yeah. i mean like i don't think there's really a lot for them to do uh right now if they truly have no army um you know no strength It, it it's going to be interesting uh, and you know i'm i will say i am much more excited for season three than i was for season two like i, I think this by the end of this season that we had right now this show is really Really grown on me a lot. I think it's just, it's continuously gotten better, which I can't say for some other shows that we're watching.
0: I think it's safe to say that when we ended season one, we really didn't know what was going to occur in season two. But ending season two, we do now know we have a mission, right? Gail's going into the future to defeat the mule. The mule is trying to de- to destroy Gail. Demerzel's trying to become free. Right, mm-hmm. and she's also trying to preserve the empire, so she has this dichotomy of uh, conflicting desires. Right, mm-hmm. um, there may be a conflict with second Harry, with the with a Harry over on uh, Terminus. Right, yeah. As Gale, Gale, that's way that's the way she convinces Harry. She said, "I may need you if I have a conflict against the other Harry." So, uh, and Harry's always said that his other self could become a problem in the future. So, which, we'll see what a, what occurs here.
1: Which. Would not surprise me if that means that um, Constance's child or some, you know, future generation could be the mule or something. It could be something that came out of the first foundation, right? And maybe, maybe that's the next battle because if, again, I don't think empire has a lot of power right now. So it's really if hard it's, to tell, but I, it wouldn't shock me if that's where the next one comes from. Something's got to fill that void.
0: If it's not her child, then it's some descendant, maybe, yeah. of hers. But
1: that's what I was thinking.
0: Well, that concludes our uh, finale recap of Foundation Season 2. Shall we get into some categories and shall we get
1: into settling these wagers? Let's do it. A phenomenal episode. Let's start with favorite character.
0: Oh, man. Favorite
1: character. I got one. I, th- I think, I think one, one of them stole the show.
0: I think I, I got to go with um, with Demerzel. There you
1: go. That's the one I that's got. Your, that's yep. your winner? Okay. Absolutely. Okay. I, I, you know, there was a lot of great moments in this episode for many different characters. But every time I kept thinking about the different scenes, different things going on, I kept coming back to Demerzel. Day, Day was a close second just because, again, I love seeing him get his hands dirty. But Demerzel uh, won it for me. How about favorite scene?
0: Hmm. Favorite scene? Um, I hated seeing Hober die, so I can't pick that. Uh, I'm not sure, man. I. I what about you?
1: I'm gonna go with Bell defying orders, which led to the whole fight sequence uh, between Hober, Bell, and Day.
0: Yeah, I guess the fight sequence itself. I. I well, I think I like the turn of events on the ship. Yeah. And I liked Day getting castled uh, into space. I thought that was probably the best part of the episode. I also did like when Don and Serith got away and Don's maneuvers mm-hmm. to get out of there. I enjoyed that in totality, but it, that wasn't like one scene. And I, I, you know what? My favorite scene is probably Harry consoling Gail. I thought that was probably the most human moment between him and Gail in the entire series so far.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, th- those two characters are, are finally coming together. They've kind of been pitted against each other uh, for quite some time, but you know, now, now now, they seem like they're on the same team, truly.
0: Yeah. All
1: right, fa- I got three. Oh, go ahead. Oh,
0: no, no, go ahead. Go ahead.
1: I was just going to say favorite lines the next category.
0: I like Harry's when he says uh, so along the lines of, you have to kind of tie up that pain and weave it into a, a narrative that propels you forward. I I, I like that a lot.
1: That was good. I liked the, uh, here's to those who fight and ask why.
0: Oh, how about to Becky's asshole? I thought nah, that was- uh,
1: That was great too. I also liked the line, uh, oh, you came right to us because you're so fucking predictable. <laughs>
0: yeah, that was, that was good. That was good. All right. All right. I got uh, several emails here. Let's get Ooh, through those. Let's do
1: that, and then. then we'll get into the wagers.
0: Okay. First, one from Jerob. Quick thought: We know that the timelines are matched up. So could Harry? So could the Harry that bashes in Telum's head be the Harry that dies on Terminus, and he jumps over somehow? When did he send this email? Hold on. Hold on. This might be a little too old. It might be. Um. Yes. This is too old. Okay. Scratch that one. Sorry, folks. Let's go to Linder. First, and then he sends the eyeball eyeball emojis and smiley face emoji. Second, (laughs) I don't know what that means. (laughs) Maybe it was kind of like crazy uh, episode. Like, whoa, I think that's what he meant. And second, the Demerzel and Dusk exchange at the beginning was captivating. So well acted all around. Evidently, genetic drift isn't an issue for Demerzel and doesn't free her from her programming. There's your question, your answer for that, Zach. This season gave us the dumbest day and the smartest Don so far. Overall, an excellent episode. I couldn't agree more. Couldn't mm-hmm. agree more. 100%. To, Jer- to Jared, my goodness. My first thing that came to mind while watching that, and then he posted the video for uh, bodies by drowning pool. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm assuming he's referring to all the people who died, and also the decanting of the new uh, Cleons. Then, then what was ty- what was typing on that as? Oh, I was typing all that as brother Constant got saved, and they played God dang Uno reverse on me. <laughs> what? <laughs> WTF? Wow. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Uno reverse on that one. All right, from Ryan. Man, that season was great. It seems like only yesterday I believed Rue was robot. Questions after this one. <laughs> Who was the mule talking to at the end? Why do his eyes glow blue? I think he's a Thespin, right? Then mm-hmm. he goes, you know, Josiah has blue eyes. Not sure if they ever glowed though. All right, so we got another Josiah as the mule. I think Josiah is not the mule. Yeah, I think it's Josiah,
1: Josiah is definitely dead. <laughs> he's dead yeah, and we
0: saw his body. So I think it's, he's not. If you remember, in the penultimate episode, when Gale takes Tellum to the future, the mule yells Tellum's name. He knows her. Maybe he knows her, no, and he she appeared. Her. Yeah, and she appeared to know him as well. She was terrified of him. Maybe someone from her past. Hmm. Hugo has those bright Thespian eyes. Could he be the mule? I don't think so. He put, hey, maybe Hugo is still alive. Laugh all out. Loud, I'm kidding, or am I? <laughs> if the vault, if the vault can do many things, maybe it saved some that were on the imperial ships as well. Hober and Bell were great characters. While I would love them to still be alive, I think their deaths were too good to not have really happened. Besides, this was directed by a Game of Thrones guy, right? Yes, that's true. They are surely dead. Plus, there is most likely a 150-year time jump coming next season, so even if they did live, it would be pointless for the story. Which brings me to Don and Sareth. If there is indeed a 152-year time jump next season, where does that leave these two? Actually, where does it leave those three, seeing as how she is with Child? Will we see them again and see how all that plays out? Are we just going to be caught up through a summary from the narrator? I hope not. Maybe they get in cryopods like Harry and Gail. Again, thanks for a great season of coverage. Congrats to Zach and his wife for their new baby. Hey, you got something in common. Thank with you. Brother Constant and uh, Sareth. I do. That's awesome. Get back to work <laughs> soon though, Zach. That's what they said in here. They said, get back to work <laughs> soon. Uh, Hugo may still be alive. We never saw a body man. Thanks again, Mario, for mentioning Drops of God. I enjoyed it. I really hope that you guys cover the changeling. It seems like a good fit for the show. P.S. Oh, this is Zach for you. Did you guys watch Dr. Brain? That's another one on Apple that is pretty good. And then he mentioned one called Pantheon. It was really good too. Apple is full of good sci-fi. I couldn't find Pantheon anywhere. Uh, Dr. Brain, I have not watched. Zach did recommend that one to me like two years ago. I haven't watched it yet. I'm glad you enjoyed Drops of God. That show is fantastic. Um, I just finished that last week, I believe. Hmm. Incredible show. Yeah. Uh, Thank you. uh, That concludes our emails.
1: Yeah. Uh, and yeah dr brain is is good i feel like it's right up your alley mario like it's a little little creepy okay. but it's really good
0: okay i'll check it out i need a show so
1: sweet all right you to ready the for the wagers let's do it all right the first one is mario thinks demmerzel kills dusk and rue i thought dusk or rue would set Demerzel free so that is one for mario Yes. all right that's one for mario yes. a part of tell him is in gale still that was my thought you said no it's two for mario sure. <laughs> all right zach says day dies mario says dawn or dusk dies that's a tie okay okay because you, you said or you, you made a, you made a very uh, specific point give, to say or and you wouldn't let me force you to an and so so that one's a tie
0: i feel like you get that point though 100 percent, because you said day dies and i wasn't full. i was yes i was technically right because i did i knew one of them would die okay all right but, i'll give myself right.
1: that point i'll happily take that one
0: okay well i may regret this because I, I don't even remember what we wagered you, on so you
1: might we got two left we got two oh, left Jesus. um Bell turns on Empire, is what I said. And you said no. And then, drum roll, please.
0: The final one. Hugo is alive.
1: Mario, Hugo is dead. Zachary. Hold
0: on, hold on, hold on. We haven't seen a body yet. We haven't seen a body yet. He has not
1: appeared in this season.
0: (laughs) Oh, that, all right. I guess I technically, well, he's not. I guess I lose. Yeah. Maybe this one. is like a fifty fifty. We split the
1: that that that's where I was thinking. Like I in my opinion on like I think the, the day dies, uh my bet, and dawn or dusk dies, though I think it was you had insurance on that one. Uh because <laughs> I, <laughs> <did laughs> uh, I, I had two I was I, you know yeah. Yeah, so I, I had two two options. There. We're 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 pretty evenly split on this one, which is great. Yeah. You know, it's nice, you know. You yeah. won one in the past, I won one from Silo. Go check out like all like gonna, of those episodes. We're... We're
0: in an official tie. We're literally officially tied on the wagers at this point, then.
1: Yeah, we're one for one, each of us. Well, no, I beat you on the peaky blinders. One for
0: two. You, you beat me in silo. Yeah. And then now, if you're going to give me that point, then we're tied here. Yeah. Pretty much.
1: I, think, I think it's fair to say we're tied. I feel, right. I feel a little dirty stealing that point completely away right. from you. So.
0: I think we'll, we'll, our next set of wagers will be on Invasion. So you got to tune in on Wednesdays. To see Invasion and we're trying to figure out a show for Fridays because we want to keep up at least a two to three episode cadence on the channel here. So it's confirmed, but we just got to find that next show. We for know sure. we're probably going to do Lupin. We may give that a couple. We may not do that episodically, but we do We are going to cover Lupin in some ways. We won't get pigeonholed though.
1: It was a fun show. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited for, for for picking that up again. It's been too long. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed.
0: All right. Uh, let's wrap up this episode. Uh, Zach, you haven't done your outro in a while. Are you rusty?
1: I am rusty, but let's see if I can power through it. Thank you for listening to this episode of foundation by story archives. You can find this podcast almost anywhere you find podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google podcasts. We're not on YouTube just yet, but we will be getting on rumble shortly. Uh, So Hmm. be sure to take a look at us there. Maybe in the next week or so we are on Twitter. We also have our website at soapbox.house can email us at contact at soapbox.house and we do have a few links in the description below Uh, one for well our twitter another one for the website we've also got a form down below for you to to kind of fill out we're collecting some information while we continue to to figure out how we want to build a network and you know what what types of shows we might want to cover so we we really appreciate any insight uh that, that you do provide there And then finally, we do have our newsletter, which we are ramping up. We're gearing up to send something on that soon. So you're not going to have submitted your email in vain and and not have ever received something. You you will receive something soon. So thank you for everybody that has signed up already. And, you know, we hope a few more of you join us.
0: All right. Until we meet again, y'all, please respect and enjoy the peace.